The book of 2 Timothy tonight, 2 Timothy chapter number 3, 2 Timothy chapter number 3. I enjoyed the music all day, and as they came to the platform just a moment ago, and they all got their microphones and all those chords hit the platform, uh, it reminded me that uh, we're going to, of course, uh, do some upgrades to our sound system, go to some wireless microphones. Won't that be a blessing? Uh, and uh, they've had a couple of individuals give uh, 5000 each towards that, and the total cost is about $20,000, and so we're going to look to address that uh, as we get everything else in the auditorium done. And so uh, you pray about that. If you feel impressed to give towards that, uh, we certainly uh, will put that to good use. But that's just another thing, uh, another bit of progress, and I look forward to that. And if there's wireless microphones, I might even pick one up from time to time. And uh, I don't know what I'll do with it, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, 2 Timothy chapter number 3. I'm going to read two very familiar verses, verse 14 and 15. This is a portion of scripture, this entire book, and certainly chapter 3 and 4 that I'm very familiar with, and I've preached from many, many times. I'm going to preach from these two verses, and I'm going to re reference a couple of other verses, but I'm going to come at it from a very uh, different angle, from a very practical aspect this evening. Um, that will actually tie into some of the things I'm talking about at the end of the service. Uh, we look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. I remind you, this is Paul writing to his son in the faith, Timothy. This is the older man of God writing to a younger man of God. This is an older uh, Christian man who's invested in a younger Christian man. Certainly, Paul is under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the great, uh, who's done great works for God, uh, the Apostle Paul. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise under salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. We're going to look at these two verses, look at a couple of other verses. I draw your attention to verse number, well, let me, let's look at verse number 15, something that I want to point out tonight. Now, we see the importance of the scriptures. We see the importance of an example. We're going to talk about that. As Paul writes to Timothy, there's something he points out in verse number 15, and that from a child. Timothy was reached while he was a child. Timothy had been invested in since he was a child. Look at verse number 1 of 2 Timothy chapter 3. This know also in the last days perilous times shall come. I'll not take the time to do so. I've done it many, many times. We read from verse 1 down to verse number 14 and 15. We have the signs of the perilous times. Quite a frightening list. An eye-opening list. Uh, we, Paul is warning of perilous times. And there's a correlation between, of course, this letter that he writes, but then we get to Timothy, and he writes these verses to Timothy. And this, this evening, I want to speak on this subject. As we get to the invitation, you'll understand it this evening, the hope for perilous times. The hope for perilous times. Father, I pray that you'll use the Word of God tonight. Use this thought that you put in my heart. May it remind us of some things. May it challenge us of some things. And Father, may we do our part and leaving behind uh, some hope. And Father, I pray that uh, you would use the service tonight, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Paul is soon going to be leaving earth, having run his race. He had been faithful since he had been reached with the gospel. 
He had been faithful to fulfill his call. It had not been easy for him to finish his race. There was many challenges. There were many trials. There was many struggles that he had. But Paul, in spite of his humanity, in spite of his failures, he finished as a faithful man. He is soon going to leave this earth. He is going to leave behind some things. And certainly uh, through the years, we've looked at Paul's investment in the cause of Christ, his relationship with many believers. But Paul is going to leave this earth and he is going to leave never seeing the fulfillment of all of his efforts. He writes in this chapter that perilous times are coming. And friend, they have come. And he is warning Timothy of all of the things that he needs to be on guard for. He's warning him of the trials and the tribulations that await, and he reminds Timothy of his testimony, and he challenges him to stay faithful. And as he transitions into chapter number four, we see some uh, further admonition and some things to focus on and further description of the, the times and the mindset of the people of that day. But Paul is going to leave this world never seeing the fulfillment of every investment that he's made. He's going to leave not knowing, from an earthly standpoint, how Timothy finishes. But Paul is faithful to leave Timothy some instructions so Timothy knows how to finish. Paul is never going to see, from, a, from a, an earthly human standpoint, all of the, the effects of all the sacrifices that he made. But Frank, can I say to us tonight, nobody ever will. When you and I finish our race, you and I will leave this earth never seeing the fulfillment of every investment. Never seeing, from a human perspective, all of the sacrifices that were made. Friend, that's why uh, <clears throat> we believe the Word of God, and we trust that when we obey God and we follow Bible principles, God takes what we do and God uses to His honor and glory and it makes a difference. We live in a world today, we want those immediate results. I'll serve God, but I want to see fruit of it immediately. We ought to serve God because God's worthy to be served. We ought to serve God because He's given us one life. There's no greater thing to do with this life than to serve Him. But Paul writes and he's leaving behind, never seeing the fulfillment of everything. I say all of that to lead us to the message tonight. The hope he leaves for perilous times, yes, is in this letter some instructions he gives. But his hope is in Timothy. Because he's put into Timothy what Christ has put into him. And friend, I'm reminded what this same book of the Bible Chapter 2, verse 2 reminds us, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Paul would leave this earth having run his race, but in essence his race was not over because his race was still being run through Timothy. And Timothy had the challenge to take what has been committed to him and to commit it to somebody else. And that, Therefore, that continuation will go on and you and I, quite frankly, we are beneficiaries of Paul's faithfulness as he took the gospel to the Gentiles. There are perilous times that he writes about, and he writes to Timothy, and the hope he left behind, he left behind in Timothy. I want to make this application tonight that the hope for perilous times, and we can sit around, 
And we can talk about how bad things are. And things are pretty bad. We can talk about how there's, there, this world has changed and it's never going to go back. It's not. It's, it's only going to get worse. We can, we, can, we can put the blame where the blame belongs. We can, we can talk about how things just aren't the way they used to be. Or we can put all of our focus on leaving something behind, some hope. I don't know if I'll ever see revival in this nation again. But I believe that there can be revival in this nation again. I'm not going to do what I feel God has called me to do and commanded me to do through his word and, and hold God to a certain standard that I've placed in and say, i got to see it in my day. Friend, I may not see it in my day, but I want to have a part. And even perhaps when I'm gone, it can take place. Friend, that's what the church is all about. That's what the Christian life is all about. It's about investing in others as others have invested in us. I'm going to mention four things as we look at the hope left behind in Timothy. I want us to see what I've already pointed out in verse 15, that from a child thou hast known. Number one, Timothy was reached as a child. I don't want to minimize the Apostle Paul who was not reached as a child. We know who Paul was when Christ reached him. Paul is an example, and some of you have a similar testimony tonight of what God saved you out of. God in his mercy and his grace, he saved you out of a wicked, wicked life, and the things of this world had consumed you, and God saved you out of that. Aren't you thankful for the grace of God, for the mercy of God? By the way, God will still save people like that. That's who Paul was. He was a murderer. He was vile. He was wicked. But he met Jesus one day, and he was never the same. He was saved, born again, redeemed. God used him in a great and miraculous way. I do not want to minimize the testimony of the Apostle Paul, because it's an amazing testimony. The Apostle Paul and those that have a testimony like his, they're a great testimony of a the trophies of grace and what God can do in any life. And boy, I would just remind us using his testimony very quickly that God can still save anybody no matter how far gone they are. And when I look at this world and those that are bound in the things of sin, if, if God can save somebody like, like the Apostle Paul and out of the wicked life he was living and many people, we know God can still save people like that. I want to minimize that testimony because God obviously used Paul in a great way, but that's not the testimony I want to focus on tonight. Timothy did not have the same testimony as the Apostle Paul. Timothy was reached as a child. I think if we could interview the Apostle Paul, Paul would say, I am thankful, Timothy, that you don't have my testimony. I'm grateful that you never experienced the things of this world. I'm grateful that you didn't live... That many years without Christ. And praise God for the change that he made. But I just want to point out tonight that it's far better to be reached as a child and not have to experience the things of this world. There's no doubt that even in the greatness of the Christian life of the Apostle Paul, there were effects of the sin of his earlier years. 
But God gave him grace. God used him. I'm not minimizing his testimony at all. But I want to point out tonight that Timothy was reached as a child. I'm thankful that I was reached as a child. I'm thankful many of you have a testimony of how you were saved when you were a child. Friend, we live in a day when the disgruntled, we live in a day when the rebellious, we live in a day with the, the unappreciated Christian uh, wants to disparage growing up in a Christian home. We, if you have that, had that privilege and you have that privilege today, you ought to thank God for it. You ought to thank God for it. There is nothing but heartache and tragedy and destruction out in this world. As I preach this morning, sin will defile you. Let me say to our teenagers and everybody, young adults and children, you file this away. The day is going to come when this world is going to come calling. It's going to entice you. Let me tell you what the world wants to do to you. It only wants to defile you. It's not going to bring you happiness. It's not going to bring you popularity like it promises. It's not going to make life easier for you. It is going to defile you. It's better that from a child that has been taught the Holy Scriptures. He was reached as a child. I think it's certainly true of the church today and how it gives great joy whenever somebody who has been caught in this, in, in this world and they've experienced the sins of this world and for Jesus to save them out of that. We get excited, don't we, when we hear that testimony? And we should. We get excited when we can hear of the one who is living a life that was a life of debauchery and God saved them out of that. And we should rejoice in that. And when we hear testimony of that and God allows us to be a part of that, we ought to look to God and say, thank you for your grace and only Jesus can do that. We ought to get just as excited. One of those little boys and little girls asked Jesus into their heart. I thank God for the Pauls. Timothy was reached as a child. Mom and Dad, don't underestimate the responsibility you have of those children you have in your home. Don't under, well, I remember as, as a parent, you, you know, my, my three girls, and when uh, the, the last one trusted Christ as their Savior, what a relief it was knowing that my children were saved. Amen. Boy, I have desires that they serve the Lord, and they have a greater opportunity. Why? Because they were reached as a child. Parents, keep your children in church. Keep them under the teaching of the Word of God. Timothy was reached as a child. Let me say number two. Timothy was taught the Scriptures. He was taught the Scriptures. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which were able to make thee wise unto salvation. It was the Scriptures that taught him how to be saved, showed him how he could be saved. But Timothy was obviously taught the Word of God from a young age. Uh, if, if you or have not gotten a habit of being in Sunday school and have your children in Sunday school, you need to do that. See, I think it's more important for our children to be taught the Bible than it is for them to be entertained. And, and, and I know it's good for me to remind us from time to time, and I know parents, those of you that have young children in the service tonight, 
I, I know it makes it a little more difficult, and, and I know you have to threaten them and bribe them and, and, and do whatever it is that you try and, 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 and help them behave, but it's good for them to know. Say, oh, they don't remember. You'd be shocked what they pick up. The Holy Spirit can speak to a five-year-old, a six-year-old, a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old. You'd be shocked. It's amazing. They can sit in your house, and you can have music playing in the background, and they're never listening to it, but they can quote the lyrics of that. You know why? Because they hear it. They hear it. Much better for them to be heard the Scriptures. Timothy was taught the Scriptures. Young people, as you're taught the Word of God, learn it. Apply it. So I'm thankful for our Sunday school program. I'm thankful for our school and the emphasis that we have there. But Timothy was taught the scriptures. I'm not interested in entertaining our children as much as I am them learning the Bible. There's a reason why, and this is a little philosophical tonight, but it's good for me to remind all of us. There's a reason why we have the children in the service on Sunday night and on Wednesday night. There's this, there's this big, there's this big, there's articles being written, books being written, a big explanation of why do, are we losing a generation? And they come up in our churches and now they're leaving. Is there something wrong with the way we've, we've been doing it? Do we, need to, do, do we need to soften our stance? No, let me tell you why they're leaving. They've never been in church. Because they're out on Sunday morning, they're out on Sunday night, they're having pizza on Wednesday night, and then when they turn 18, it's like being in church. Let's say, whoa, this is new to me. There's some logic to that. They, they, need to be, they need to learn that there's a preacher and a pastor more than they hear from a puppet. That's just me. Timothy was taught the scriptures, number three. Timothy had someone to believe in him. Paul believed in Timothy. Well, if you, everyone, every one of us has had somebody believe in us. God could use us, that our life was important to our God. It certainly is true of Paul, but I don't want to put my focus on Paul tonight. If you'll turn back to chapter 1 of 2 Timothy, verse number 5, as Paul writes to Timothy, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Timothy had a man of God, but before he had a man of God in his life, he had a grandmother and a mother. He had somebody to believe in him, invest in him. Each and every one of us has had somebody in our life that's cared for us, invested in us. Boy, let me remind you, I'm nothing special tonight, but as your pastor, I am using my life hopefully to the honor and glory to God, but in, in the way that I can, I'm, going, I'm using it to invest in you. Because I want all of us to know what it is to finish our race as Paul finished his race. But friend, you and I, we have got to be reminded that we must think beyond our lifetime. Well, I, I would do all that, but pastor, I see all those dreams and all those visions you have, but at my age, I'm not going to be here. Frank, can I tell you, I'm probably not going to be here either. It's a big vision. But is it about our self-gratification or is it about the cause of Christ? Is it about those that come behind us? Is it about those who God hasn't even given life yet? 
but yet there is somebody who will care for them, invest in them, so that God might use their life. Say, well, my children are grown. Find somebody else to invest in. My children went a different way. Find somebody else to invest in. My, my, my children, they, they, maybe, they, maybe we were reached a little bit later, or maybe they have rejected what they've been taught. Hey, Grandma, Grandpa, you still got grandkids, don't you? Invest in them. Well, I, 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 can't, I can't interject in their life. You can pray for them. You know, when you give to the projects around here, you know what you're doing? You're investing in that next generation. Let me talk specifically to every parent when your children are still at home. Don't get so busy and caught up in this world that you don't forget what God's entrusted you with. The child is yours on loan. We, hear that, we say this as parents sometimes, and I hear it sometimes, and it makes me cringe a little bit. Well, that's my child. I'll make the decision. You're the parent, so yes, you make the decision. That's God's child. That's God's child. As a parent, I'm entrusted by God to rear my child, according to this book, as long as I have them. But don't underestimate the investment you have an opportunity to make in them. I don't know all the dynamic of the home of Timothy, but his father's never mentioned. But Paul does make reference to the faith of his grandmother. Paul does make mention to the faith of his mother. Then Paul mentions, I see the same faith in you. How did it get in Timothy? You know, Grandma, she's baking the kitchen. She didn't mix a little faith in there and mix it all in there. And he unsuspectingly ate it at dinner. There was a purpose and there was a point to put it in. I'm thankful for the Emmanuel Baptist Church, aren't you? I'm thankful that we have a youth group. I'm thankful we have Sunday school classes. I'm thankful we have a Christian school ministry. I'm thankful we have examples. But parents, it's not my responsibility to rear your child. It's not my responsibility to teach them the Bible outside of Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. It's your responsibility. Maybe realize that when our race is run and the Lord calls us home, we can have an investment into somebody else and that they can go on and do something for the cause of Christ, number four. And finally, we were reminded that Timothy had an example to follow. Timothy certainly had an example in his mother and his grandmother. He had an example at home, but he had an example in Paul, the man of God. What's amazing to me when you piece all this together there wasn't a whole lot of difference in Paul and in what Timothy saw at home. Because it, mom and grandma are the ones who push Timothy to Paul. Again, let me help parents. You don't have to agree with everything I say, but the home needs to be on the same page as the church if you want your Timothy to be all that they can be for the cause of Christ. They pushed Timothy. They were an example in the home. Now, I will do my best, and I promise you, in the best of my ability, with God as my helper, I'll do all I can be to be the right kind of example for your children. I'll, I'll, I'll do the best that I can, 
uh, to be somebody that, 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 and it's a humbling thing for, 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 for someone to say, that's the pastor, and, and, and you, you look to the pastor, and, 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 you, and you listen to the pastor, that's a great responsibility I feel on my shoulders, and I promise you the best of my ability is God is my helper. I always do what I can to be a good example. Let me tell you where the greatest example is. It's who those kids go home with. It's mom. It's dad. Maybe it's grandma. Maybe it's grandpa. You, as an example, in the home. So what are we going to do in this world, pastor? Aren't you ready for Jesus to call, just call us? Absolutely. I'm ready for the rapture to take place. I want that trumpet to sound. I believe in my whole heart, and I think my preaching has reflected it, that the hour is near, and at any moment, we can be called out of here. But until that takes place, you and I have a responsibility to invest in somebody else. See, I realize that our kind of church is in the minority. But I also realize that us with God is a majority. I realize, and as a student of history and looking through the lens of Scripture, and I've got a book that will be coming out at any time that, that dissects chapter number three and, and, and applies it to this world, that's extremely eye-opening. I, I, the best that I can, I get it. And I have hope because God is still God. But humanly speaking, there's a lot of things you and I should be troubled about. But I'm not one of these just going to say it is what it is, and so Jesus is going to call us back, and so I'm just going to be faithful as I can until he calls us home. Friend, I realize that the hour is near, and tonight we could be raptured out of here. But I also realize that, that God is not bound by the same time you and I have. And so the days may go by and my race may be run. But what are you going to do about these perilous times? Are we just going to tweet about them? Are we just going to write articles about them? Are we just going to complain about them? I say, let's leave behind some Timothys. Paul was called home. But he left behind a faithful man who would influence another faithful man. And friend, if the Lord tarries his coming and generations go by, may there still be some Timothys left behind as a result of the efforts of the Emmanuel Baptist Church. Say, Pastor, what are you going to do? I'm going to stand where the Bible stands. I'm not going to change my position. I'm going to proclaim the message of God. But I'm also going to invest. So what are you going to do? We've got to get... Some new politicians, I'm all for. Let's keep our governor, but everybody else, let's change. And if you're from another state, leave our governor alone, okay? Well, he would be a great, well, just move to Florida, then you can be, anyway. Say, we need to organize to have a political revolution. That's not my strategy. It's not my plan. It's not what I think God would have us to do. See, we didn't lose America in the last decade. We lost America a generation ago. How are we going to get America back? 
we're going to have to use our life to invest it in what we leave behind and to trust God will use what we leave behind to help turn back a nation to God. I'm not saying it's beyond our possibility to see it in my lifetime. We can. But I want to just invest, invest, invest. I realize the day is going to come if the rapture doesn't take place in my lifetime, my race will be run. And I realize that there will be some that will be sad about that and there's some that will be happy about that. I realize that when my race is run, I'll be with my Savior and I will have done everything that I possibly could do. I can't do anything else after that. But I want to do everything I can now so that when I, like Paul, can, the hour is near, I can... What, 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 you wasted, you used all your years and all your energy, and what did, what did Paul have to show for it? Oh, when God called him home, and when that executioner took Paul's head, they didn't end the ministry of Paul. In many ways, it was just beginning. You and I have an opportunity to invest in those. I just want to remind us tonight is, so what do we do? And I think it's summed up with Paul in chapter number four. Verse 6 and 7, he says, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. If you and I will fight a good fight, if we will finish our course, if we will keep the faith, God's work will go on. God has always had a people. He will always have a people. There are days when they were more prominent. There are days when they were less prominent. But the pattern was always the same. You invest in somebody else. Invest in somebody else. Friend tonight, let's not live a selfish life. Let's be reminded. And I know that for the last, seems like many years, I've kept in front of us, hey, there's your things that we need to do for the cause of Christ. And I know that sometimes when I mention that this is what I feel the Lord would have us to do, it sounds crazy. Thank you for not amending me on that. And I know that sometimes somebody probably says, well, at least he's aiming big. No, it's what I believe God would have us to do. I still believe God is capable of a great work. I still believe God is capable of doing a work beyond our ability. He wants to. Say, well, how are we going to change? And many, many good, sincere people have missed this and we're squandering an opportunity because we think it's in a political revolution and it's not. If we could get as many people investing in a Timothy as we could them registering new voters, it'd make a difference. I'm not, I'm, not against, I'm not against voting for the right people. You know that. But I'm just saying the emphasis has got to be a spiritual one. I, I, can't, I can't take the wicked leaders out of leadership. I can't. And the Bible tells me that God sets them up and God takes them down, which tells me, I mean, we know the people didn't put them there. Ah, that's right. I'm glad you're, no, no, God put them there. It's what we deserve. So what are we going to do about it? Let's win another soul to Christ. 
let's, Sunday school teachers, be faithful. Well, it's just a four-year-old class. Oh, don't underestimate that. You don't know who sits there. You don't know. Oh, this, this child is, is so bad. Well, as you look at your pastor tonight, may you have hope <laughs> in the future. God can do great, great works and great, great miracles. Hey, let's, what do we do in perilous times? We can whine about it. That don't change a thing. What are we going to do? Let's invest in somebody else. Father, use the message tonight.